Welcome to Navigating Widowhood, when happily ever after turns into now what? I'm your host, Julie Martella. Whether you're just starting on this journey or you've been here for a while, I'm here to provide you with support, guidance, and a little dose of humor. So, are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hello, Navigators. I am so glad you're here. And I want to talk to you today about time and how do you spend your time. This is episode 14. All right. And before we begin, I just want to share with you that there's so much drama around filming a podcast around here. Um, While it's just me at the moment, I also have two dogs and two cats who consider themselves my personal emotional support group. And if I go into the podcast room, everyone has to come with me. Everyone has to get settled in. And one of the cats is a talker. So that cat pitches a fit and has to go outside so that I can come to you (laughs) and we can talk. However, everyone's settled in and we're good to go. It's golden. All right. I want to ask you something today. And the question for today is, how do you spend your time? And when I say spend, there's a play on words there. Because if you think of your time as money, how do you spend the money? The $24 or the $24,000 or the $24 million, however you want to put it in, How do you spend the allotment of time, of precious money, of time each day? And what are you doing with it? Because, and the reason I bring this up is because in our life as widowed people, we have time issues. Um, I don't even know, I can't even begin to imagine your unique situation. And every single person I talk to, I want you to know that everyone has an incredible situation and things that they're juggling and little humans that need them or, or animals or businesses or jobs. There's so much to do. And in, so for me, when my husband Jason died, I took over his job because I felt so guilty that he wasn't here anymore that I just tried to keep everything going for the kids, right? So I was doing my job and I was doing his job. And my job was being the mama and the homemaker and all those things. And his job was running the farm. And so the time, the management of time became essential. And yet... (laughs) And yet, this is where uh, brain damage Julie comes into play. If you asked me what I did for the day, I couldn't tell you. I mean, you could hold you could hold gun to my head, and I could not tell you what I've done for the day. So, when um, when I came out from the hospital the many years ago, obviously my my mind was affected, and. I spent probably the first two years sleeping. I don't know. I don't even remember the first two years. But I do remember that my husband would come home for lunch and he'd say, what did you do? And I would tell him, I don't know what I did. And so then he, see, here's the beautiful thing about my husband. He taught me how to keep track of time. 
And he taught me my time management skills. So what he would have me start doing, and we'll talk about this later, but he had me start writing things down. So then he would come home for lunch and say, well, what have you done today? And I would say, I don't know, because <laughs> that was, I had not, there was nothing there. And he'd say, well, it says here, you did this. And as soon as I had the word, that was the cue. And then the secretary in my brain was like, oh yeah, she did this. And she'd pull up the file of everything that I did. So I learned to harness cues and calendaring and organizing that way to help me not just keep track of time, but to understand what I was doing. Because if I didn't, and maybe this is how you feel when someone asks you like, what'd you do today? I don't know. I got out of bed or uh, I got the kids to school or um, I had a cup of coffee and some breakfast. I can't remember much past that. That's okay because that's where you're at in your grief journey. And being in the beginning days, oh my gosh, going back to year one in my grief journey, it's a lot like being at year one of a brain damage journey. Like our mental faculties have been wiped out and yet we are expected to function. So today we're going to talk about that. When we talk about time, I want you to ask yourself, do you ever say any of these things? <laughs> Are you ready? Oh, I'm such a busy person. Or my life is a train wreck. Or my life is a shit show. Or I have perfect control over my time. Or I'm naturally disorganized. Or it's just in my DNA to be too busy. Or this was my this was mine. My time just slips away. I literally don't know what happens to my time. When you say things or think things like this, you are telling yourself a story about time. And I want to tell you that time actually begins in your mind with your mindset. And you know, you guys know I love mindset work. Your thoughts and preparing for your week or your day or your project or surviving daily living, it begins in your mind. And each of those, those things that I just told you, those are all thoughts that we have about time and our ability to manage time. And when you say things like, my life is a train wreck or I'm just naturally disorganized, you're telling yourself a story and then that story, every time you tell yourself that story, it reinforces your identity. Because remember, our identity is just the stories that we tell ourselves on a repeating loop. So if you're telling yourself the story, I'm just a train wreck, then guess what? <laughs> you are because you've made it part of your identity. But is it a fact? No, it's not a fact. It's just a story. So stories, this is why our words are so powerful and the words become the stories. Our stories have the power to help us or to hinder us. So here's, here's the first myth of time. Time doesn't actually need to be managed. <laughs> How's that? We don't actually need to manage time. What you need to manage 
is your mind and your thoughts about time. Because if you think about it, does time ever say, does time ever say, oh, she's having a bad day. Let's just throw in an extra hour. <laughs> right? Oh, they're really busy. Those kids look tired. Let's just bump bedtime back an hour. I'll make it dark an hour earlier and we'll just finish this one off early. No, that doesn't happen. Time is remarkably consistent. We as a civilization have created a time system that has one 24-hour day, one seven-day week, one um, month, which is usually 28 to 31 days, mostly 30, 31, and 12 months that live within the context of one year. It doesn't change. We don't skip a month. We don't skip an hour. We don't skip days. Okay? Hot or cold, rainy or sunny, it stays the same. Guess what? Your spouse dies. Your partner dies. It stays the same. Are you going on an amazing trip? It stays the same. Now, we will often tell ourselves, we always, actually, I would say most of us tell ourselves stories about time. And one of the stories is, if I work really hard with time, I'm being really productive. How many of you might fall into that story? It's simply not true. Productivity, so here's, here's the nuance with time. Productivity and busyness are two separate things. Things And in our life after loss, we are called to be productive. We are not called to busyness. Actually, that doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter if you're a widowed person or not. That matters to everyone. And I want to say that again. We are called to be productive, not busy. You can be really busy, but not productive. And you can be very productive and appear to not or to not be frantically busy. It comes down to how well you manage and plan your time. So what needs management then is us as human beings. We are the ones with the fluctuating schedules. Uh, We specifically are the ones with dead people that we're trying to um, compensate for. We have the bad days. We have the sick kids. We are the ones that lose track of time because we're scrolling through social media or watching Game of Thrones or The Sopranos for the third time. (laughs) We are the ones who need to learn how to properly manage and therefore harness the power of time. We need management, not time. So... One of the ways to create management over your time is, number one, to think about your thoughts and your actions around time and how it creates the stress and pressure. And, and you know, I actually haven't had an episode on that. And the next episode will be, we're going to talk just about thoughts and feelings and actions because that's foundational to everything else we talk about. But if you think that your life is chaotic and out of control, then that is how you're going to show up 
See, the thought is my life is out of control. The action then becomes you show up as a hot mess. If you, if you, because when you have that thought that my life is out of control, then you don't bother tapping into any time management, nor do you even become aware of how you're spending your time. So, so it doesn't mean that you're failing as a human being. It simply means that you have not become aware of number one, how to manage time. And number two, where the hell your time even goes. So that takes us to the next point. It's time for a time audit. All right. This is the best of brain damage, Julie, right here. A time audit. This is, um, you can go, you can go Google online and just write time audit worksheet free. There you go. You're going to have a million hits come up. Um, I probably, I being Julie Martella, I have made my own. You could spend hours. Guess what? There's another way to waste time. You could spend hours making a real pretty one on Canva and then you could use it. Or you just go get one and be done. And the purpose of the time audit is you run, you are running an experiment like a scientist. All right. So you're going to be an observer. You're going to be a scientist. You are not going to be a judge. Okay. No judging, no judging allowed. And for five days, if you could just do this, uh, if you could do it for seven, because that gives you a weekend, that is perfect. If you can't even sustain yourself for seven days, that's okay. Do it for five, do it for three. Heaven forbid, just do it for one. The more, but the more data you can collect, then you can look at the data and you can go, oh, this is what's going on. So here's what you do. You get your, uh, you print out your little time management worksheet, or if you don't even want to do that, you get a, uh, what are those? Oh, that's the word, spiral bound notebook. That's the word I was looking for. Go to a clean page in your notebook, make a line down the middle or like, you know, over on the side. And on the one side, I want you to write 7 a.m. or 6 a.m., 7 a.m., 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, all the way to 10 p.m. at night or whatever time. For I want it to start at whatever time you wake up and I want it to finish at whatever time you go to bed because we're gathering data because we're good scientists. So this is what you're going to do. Monday morning, you get up. You're going to write, wake up. So whatever time that is, wake up. Um, You're going to write down as you move about your day, get kids ready for school, make breakfast, get ready for work. If you have a block of time, like I work. Okay. So let's say you work from eight to five. So then you block out that time, eight to five, you just write work and you put a big box around it and you're done. Like that part is done. We're only looking at the time that you get to be in control of, but we need to know where those blocks are. So that's what I'm saying. Part one, you are not judging anything. You are just writing down what you're doing. Now, if you come home, and you watch the news when you get home. Then you write down, watch TV or watch news. Or if you scroll on your phone, which no no judgment, remember, no judgment. But I want you to write down scrolling, Facebook, Instagram, dating apps, uh, news. Some people, oh, some people really consume news. 
Okay. If you're a news consumer, I want you to write down every time you're consuming news, news, TV, news, podcast, news, this. Oh, if you're listening to a podcast, right? I want you to write down whatever the activities are that you're doing for seven days. And then on day seven, you're going to go back and you are going to code, look like we're really being scientists here. You're going to code your activities. And the best way to code your activity is I want you to make a little list of your activities. So for example, my list, my coding list would say things like B is for buffering. Or even better, I just take a highlighter and I make pink is for buffering. Yellow, personal care. And that for me would include like exercise, physical therapy exercises, uh, taking a bubble bath, right? Doing whatever it is you do for you. Um, You might have a blue colored highlight or um, B for business. For me, because I have a blog and a podcast and a website, I have a BP. So if I'm doing something related to those, I just write BP or or BB, business building. Because I forget. People say, well, I don't know how much time you spend in working on your business. I don't know. That is my answer to everything because I just cannot pull the thoughts out of my head. I don't know. So I have to write it down. You're going to have a category maybe for kids. You're going to have whatever the categories are that you need without judgment, you're going to write those categories. And either you're going to use an abbreviation or my preferred method is you're going to use a different colored highlighter. And then what you're going to do is you're going to go through your day and you're just going to start highlighting. Every time you see, every time you see yourself watching TV, you're going to highlight it with the buffering. Okay, watching TV is like a timeout or a buffering activity. A buffering activity is something we do because we don't want to do something else. So you're going to highlight those things. Every time you're taking care of you or exercising, you're going to highlight that in your color. Every time you're working, you're going to highlight in your color. Every time you're taking care of kids, you're going to highlight in that color. And then what's going to happen is at the end of the day, you're going to look at your paper and you're going to go, holy cow. I've got a lot of blue highlights here. Or, wow, my personal care time, I only have two highlights for the whole day. Or, wow, my buffering time, I am buffering four hours a day. Now, again, still not in the space of judgment. We're still just looking at, we're collecting data. And when we have the data about how our unique life runs, then we can make decisions. And the decisions are the things that serve us. So once you have your data, then you can say, you know what? I am not taking care of me. I'm not getting my uh, physical therapy in. Like for me personally, I have a bad knee. I have a bad shoulder. I have a bad neck. I had an accident. I hurt myself while I was playing farmer and I have to do physical therapy. And if I don't, everything flares. So if I look at my time audit and I don't have any Julie PT time down, then I'm not reflecting self-care. I'm not taking care of myself because I'm so busy taking care of everything else. So 
Using the time audit is a very powerful way to begin to manage your time because the time management begins with an understanding, number one, of how you're actually using your time. And then number two, understanding your thoughts about how you're using your time. And once you have those two pieces, then you can begin moving forward and deciding How do I want to use my time? What would serve me better? If I have future goals, that's also a podcast. We're going to talk about that in that podcast. If I have future goals, is the way I'm spending my time today going to help me get to them? Do I need to schedule time to work on future Julie? Do I need to schedule time to work on uh, business Julie? Do I need to schedule time to work on dating Julie or whatever the the person, whatever the activities are that you want to be working on? Once you have an idea of what you're doing, then you can start managing your time because you're managing your mind and your mindset around it. You, listen, my friends, you guys can do this. This is a challenge. This is a one seven-day challenge. If you do this challenge, please let me know. I am dying to know. You can send me a message, uh, a a DM. Uh, You can get to me in Facebook and Instagram at Navigating Widowhood. You can run over to my website. I have a place where it says, contact me. Send me a message. Let me know how your time audit went. All right, you can do this and I'm here to help. Thank you for turning in to Navigating Widowhood. I hope this podcast has provided you with valuable insights and support as you navigate the challenges of Life 2.0. Please note that the information provided in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not replace the medical advice from a qualified professional. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a review on your favorite platform because it helps others find us. And as always, thanks for listening.